Okay, everyone places. This is the final scene, so let's make this one count. And... Action! Welcome to another episode of Popcorn. I am your host, Kaylee, and this week we will be discussing three Best Picture nominations for the upcoming Oscars. But before we get started, let me introduce who is joining the panel discussion for this week. All the way from Boston, Mass, is our good friend, Eric. Hey, Eric, how's it going? I'm all right. How you guys doing? Fabulous. Enjoying the warm sunshine, which I don't think you guys quite have yet. It's not spring in Boston, is it? Well, we have sunshine. We've got half the equation. <laughs> there you go. And also my longtime partner in crime, Lulu Bell, is here as always. How are you, Lulu Bell? Hi, I'm doing good. Ready to get this started. All right. To kick things off, we decided to make the Oscars more manageable because there's a lot of Best Picture nominations. So we picked three that are just widely different from each other. And we're going to explore why we think they deserve the Best Picture win. And then at the end of the whole discussion, we're going to give our predictions on which film we'll think will win, whether it's one of the three we discuss or maybe another one. So to start with, we're going to talk about the wild and crazy Mad Max Fury Road. How do you know this place even exists? I was born there. So why'd you leave? I didn't. I was taken as a child. Stolen. You've done this before? Many times. Now that I drive a war rig, this is the best shot I'll ever have. And them? They're looking for hope. What about you? Redemption. This film, when I saw it, I described it as like somebody sticking a needle into my heart and pumping it full of adrenaline. I was like clinging to my seat the whole time I was watching this film. Mm -hmm. And it was intense. But I'm actually a bit surprised it was nominated for Best Picture. What do you guys think? Does it even deserve to be up there with the best? I think it should be recognized. Why not? Oh, yeah. I, I, think, it's, I think it's the best film of the year, period. I think it's not a lot of films work as well as this works. This works as an action film, but it also works as a thought piece. And it's a film about women escaping abuse. One of the criticisms that's come up is that the brides who are basically there in the harem, you know, they're just there for show. But if you think about it, escaping an abuser is an insanely courageous act and something that's really, you know, difficult to do. So... This is, the, this is probably, like, possibly one of the deepest films out there as well. And again, it, it's possibly one of the best action... It's, it's the best action film in the last two decades. Easy. And possibly one of the best ever. That, those are some big words there. But I, I can... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I would say it's the best action film of the past two decades. But it's definitely up there, for sure. One thing I really appreciate about this film is a lot of it had practical effects. A lot of those stunts were real in happening very minimal cgi and i think at this point in cinematic history audiences can tell when something's been cgi'd or green screened 
And when it's real, there is just that difference that our eyes can detect. And I gotta hand it to George Miller, who directed this film. I mean, he put his actors and his extras through hell to get the perfect shots. Mm -hmm. And it paid off. Well, I liked three things from this movie. One, the very first fight sequence with the incredibly huge tornadoes or sandstorms. The flaming guitar, which I thought was super cool. Oh, the Doof Warrior. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he had his own like little band going with him, which I thought was awesome. Oh, God bless him. He, he was the best part. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. And then Furiosa, which I thought it was her story more than anyone else's story. I mean, you have the title Mad Max, but really it should have been called Furiosa. And aside from the story with the wives, and I agree with Eric in that it was an incredibly courageous thing to run away from your capture, I kind of felt like it was basically a nothing story. It was kind of just going off on that thing alone and Furiosa's kind of like presence and her story. So... I don't know, story-wise, I didn't like it very much. Action-wise, I thought it was great. Yeah, I think this film, it's... If you dig for it, you can find deeper meaning, like you have, Eric, and then... But from the surface, it just seems a bit ridiculous. But I think it, it's... It, you gotta dust off all the sand and the blood <laughs> from from everybody in order to really see the heart of this film. Although it just... It surprised me, because I don't... I don't see this kind of film as usually being nominated for Best Picture. I usually see films that are like nitty gritty, kind of bland sort of films. Uh, bland in that they're not like bright, spectacular colors. and They're all cerebral, it feels like, for Best Picture films. So this one, like I said, it just it surprised me. And I'm happy that it actually got nominated because it's nice to see the variety it, that, of what could be a Best Picture. Oh, I, I just think it's funny. I'm talking to two women, and I'm totally not going to do the like, mansplaining on this. But I do give a lot of credit for Miller for pulling this off. And I think, again, it's it makes sense on the Mad Max character. Because after the first film, he's been kind of a secondary character in his film. The Road Warrior, he's just there to assist that community as well. So I always thought that the, the, uh, the Mad Max films have become more about like a saga or like a, a mythology of Mad Max, a being that enters and exits these situations in the, the wasteland. And also the seed lady always like, her death is just, oh god, that kills me every time. She doesn't get a lot of screen time, but when she's in it, she's she's just an incredible character. That's kind of why I think the film works, because you, if you have a small character like that and her death can cause an emotional reaction, you know, that's just great filmmaking. Yeah, you know, a comment on that. Her death was more sad to me than Han's death in Star Wars. And that should be saying a lot. That goes for, like, good storytelling. Mm -hmm. That kind of sums up our Mad Max Fury Road coverage. Moving on is Spotlight. And that's the film which delves into the Boston Globe's investigation of the huge scandal of child molestation. And then the cover-up by the local Catholic Archdiocese. We got law. This is it. No, this is law covering for one priest. There's another 90 out there. Yeah, and we'll, we'll print that story when we get it, but we, we got to go with this now. No, I'm not going to rush the story, Mike. We don't have a choice, Robbie. If we don't rush to print, somebody else is going to find these letters no. and butcher the story. Joe Quimby from the Herald was at the freaking courthouse. Mike. What? Why, why are we hesitating? 
Barron told us to get law. This is law. Barron told us to get the system. We need the full scope. That's the only thing that will put an end to this. Then let's take it up to Ben. Let him decide. We'll take it to Ben when I say it's time. It's time, Robbie. It's time. They knew, and they let it happen to kids. Okay? It could have been you. It could have been me. It could have been any of us. We got to nail these scumbags. We got to show people that nobody can get away with this. Not a priest or a cardinal or a freaking pope. Now, this film is still in my queue of must-watch films. I have not seen it yet, but Eric, I remember you wrote a very favorable review, so I thought maybe you could introduce this film and why it's so brilliant. Well, it's also apropos because I live about a quarter mile away from the Boston Globe office, so, you know. There you go. <laughs> it's, it's in my neighborhood. Yeah, well, it, as you pointed out, investigates the sex, you know, the, the child abuse scandals from starting from the 70s and going onward through that era. I mean, it's, it's essentially an ensemble piece. It's got Mark Ruffalo, uh, Rachel McAdams, who I'm really happy got nom- nominated, Michael Keaton, Liev Schreiber. You know, Stanley, Stanley Tucci, I thought, was terrific in this film, mm-hmm. too, as, a, as kind of an attorney with a heart of gold. But I know this is going to, again, more hyperbole. This is one of the best journalism films, period, because it gets into the best practices of it. The story is not about the people investigating it. Mark Ruffalo gets one scene where he kind of goes off a little bit, but the film is about the victims, and the film is about the process of revealing it, and the film is about the failures of everyone. Like, how does this happen? It takes a village to raise a child, but it also takes a village to hide the worst that can happen in a community, too. Even the globe doesn't get off clean. So I think it's a complex, you know, complete film as well. And it's got the, the weirdest thing is the director might actually win the best picture and the worst picture award in the same year. He did the cobbler, which is up for a, uh, a Razzie award. Really? Yeah. He's yeah. It's that Adam Sandler film, which is apparently I've not seen it, but reputation wise, it's apparently dreadful. <laughs> so he, he, it's a rare feat for somebody to get the best and the worst. San, Sandra Bullock did it the year she won for the blind side too. Well, what about you, Lulu Bell? What did you think when you saw this film? I thought it was really well done as well, and the ensemble cast is fantastic, and it seemed to me almost like a sort of cross between a procedural and a documentary, in that they include a lot of the little bits and pieces that you wouldn't really think about otherwise. It's like very detailed and very in-depth, and I like that they spent quite a bit of time on the victims of all of this and that they showed that it was it wasn't just like the one kid or a random thing that this was a huge thing that everyone had some responsibility for and i think they all did an amazing job with Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. now of course me not seeing this film but it still comes to mind that perhaps this film might be painful for certain people to watch what about to those people who haven't seen it and are like i'm never gonna see it because it hits too close to home, do you think that this is a film that everybody should see, or would it be still too painful for people? Well, I well, because I mean, the one thing that the films benefit, it doesn't shy away from the nature of the acts, but it doesn't. It's not graphic about them either, yeah. which is very nice. Mm-hmm. And I, so, part of my appreciation for it is one of my. I, I did a newspaper article about a guy who was abused by his priest. He was part of this back in my first job and it's kind of the, you know that's kind of the reason why i respect it because it takes that aspect of the investigation it shows how 
the reporters work with these victims. And it does a marvelous job showing that. But in, for your main question, I mean, it's tough to convey what everyone's going to think, but it's not meant to hurt. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to bring you know, to bring up the dead. It's meant to show that what victims have been through, both being abused and basically being ignored mm-hmm. for decades. And it's a truth that hurts, but it's a truth that you can't shy away from. It's not something that should be just kept in the dark, like how they wanted it to be. So I think being a Catholic myself, it was a tough thing to watch, but at the same time, it makes you realize that these were people who did it, and it's not... I mean, for those who are afraid that it'll do something to their religion, it's people who did this to kids. They don't necessarily... They represent the religion, but they aren't the religion. That's how I saw it. So, I don't know. It's hard, but at the same time, it's something that everyone should watch. Yeah, I concur with that. My family's very Catholic as well, and I actually, that's a really good point. It's not about the, it's not about the institution. It, it's, it's about the institution hiding it, but it's not about the institution. It's The Catholic Church was enabling, but it wasn't. It was still people doing these actions, and that the film does delineate that mm-hmm. very clearly. So then it sounds like for people who were waffling on it, 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 they did a good job of balancing it out. So it would try to not be offensive, it sounds like, to certain people, as best you can in a story like this. So, And this is the kind of film that makes me think of, aha, this, this was made for like Oscar gold, these kinds of films that try to dig at the deeper nature of what it means to be human, the good and the bad. So last but not least is what I also thought was a huge surprise nomination, but it delights me to no end, and that is Brooklyn. I want to ask you something, and you're going to say, oh, it's too soon. I don't really know him well enough. We only been out a couple times. Oh, it's nothing so bad. It's just it's something that most guys did. Please just ask. You're beginning to terrify me. Oh, sure. Uh, will you come for dinner and meet my family sometime? That's it. I'd love to. You like Italian food? Don't know. I've never eaten it. It's the best food in the world. Well, why would I not like it? You're in a good mood, huh? Yes. Why? It's just... I like how you're being. I don't know the word, though, when you go along with everything. Amenable. Yeah, amenable. Okay. Can we go see a movie this week when you're not in night class? I'll sign up for two movies. Really? Yes. Even if the first date is a disaster, I'll give it another chance. This is a story that follows a 1950s Irish immigrant who comes to New York seeking a better life. She falls in love with a local italian-american boy but then she just she can't seem to let go of her past when she goes back home she starts to fall in love with an irish boy so it's a it's a story about life decisions and what it is you really want to do with your life of course saoirse ronan plays our lead elise and she is phenomenal she's what actually makes this movie brilliant in my opinion her acting skills i know she's been in quite a few films she's been young 
But in this film, I feel like she's really blossomed as a fully capable actress. Just everything from the scared, innocent immigrant to the struggles of being on the boat. There's a scene in there particular, like, I'd be horrified if I was an actress to have to do this scene. And just all the fears, she's able to just manifest it all in her performance. Yeah, she carries it quite well. She carries the whole movie quite well. Mm -hmm. And it's important because the film is just about her and everything that happens to her. So without a strong actress, the film would have fallen apart. Now, Eric, I'm curious, as a guy, from your perspective, how did you feel about this film? I'm on board with you guys. I thought it was terrific. Credit goes a lot to, I mean, I totally agree with everything that was said about Ronan, but Nick Hornby's script is also killer. It's it it does a great job balancing you know humor and also just utter tragedy at the same time and i kind of hope it does get does get the award for best adapted screenplay i it is the most interesting possibly well-written film out there and also this is the continues the year of Domhnall gleason who was in like three insanely great films it's like hey let's do brooklyn hey let's do uh ex machina hey let's do star wars boom guy just wins this year let's do the revenant let's do the revenant (laughs) yeah he was in everything this year (laughs) one of his films is gonna win you know something he can walk away with all those awards he's fantastic and and it is true like the the supporting cast in here was brilliant as well all the actors especially the two love interests i mean everybody seemed to take this film very seriously and really delved into the characters and another thing because this was a period piece just and I, I can't help myself, this is a geeky thing, but I geek out over costuming. And it was so authentically done. It kind of reminded me a little bit of another film, Carol, this year, which was also set in the 50s. Again, the, these films are able to grasp from recent history and really make them come alive in, in ways that I, I just feel like we haven't seen since films made from that era, to be honest with you. It was just great in that regard as well. But I think what really stood out for me is that this was a very different film in that it's it's the Irish immigration story, but it's not the potato famine Irish immigration story. It revealed something about our history that I didn't know was there. I didn't realize there was like a second wave of immigration from Ireland after World War Two. So that was really interesting to me. You know, what, what would it be like for the second wave to come through and come to America and try to make a living? They have somewhat established neighborhoods, but it was still hard. So it was just dealing with all these really minute, or I should say nuanced emotions. And, you know, the the full package was just fabulous. And I love this film. I keep telling everybody who I see to watch this film. (laughs) (laughs) I really like the whole fish out of water idea and coming to terms with change and trying to find yourself in a new land and it just it did it so beautifully and so like full of heart and just character i just i really really enjoyed it as well unfortunately i think because of that it's not gonna get the oscar because it's too calm too peaceful almost and that's typically not what oscar winners have in their film yeah, the the internal struggle is not something like well, I, it com- comes to mind like last year, like the theory of everything, for example, or the imitation game, where the sh- the struggles, while they may be internal, they they seem more difficult than the I you know I'm coming to a new land story, the who am I story, 
because that's something I feel like because everybody can embrace and it takes a special takes a special year where where the problem is something that most people can experience or have experienced could win that kind of story but I'm really rooting for Brooklyn I I would just be utterly delighted to see a film like this win best picture oh it'd be awesome it would just say something it'd be like for me a signal that things are changing within the the oscars community and that would be very exciting because lord knows there needs to be some change (laughs) within that the voting committee there one i just want to give kudos to julie walters as miss kehoe oh god she was killer in that (laughs) i loved her (laughs) yeah she was hilarious and the other, I think it's uh, something, you know, it's the immigration story, but the love story behind it, I think, is incredibly nuanced as well. The decision she makes between the one or the other, she makes because of her, what she, what's the in the, her best interest. Because the difference between her two lovers, who are both sweethearts, that one of them wants her to, you know, wants to be her partner, and the other one wants her to kind of, not necessarily be subservient, but to not follow her own passions as well. Mm-hmm. And I, and that's a, and I think that's interesting. It's a very minor note. It's hard to pick up, but it's the, really the key to her decision is finding mm-hmm. what her best future. And again, it's just it goes back. It's such a nuanced, delicate film, and it comes together so perfectly. And uh, it needs to win. <laughs> it needs to win. <laughs> well, I do just kind of want to wrap up and say, you know, what we think will probably win, whether it's one of these three films or ones that we haven't mentioned. And then also the film that we would really love to see actually win and take the Oscar for Best Picture. So, Lulabelle, let's start with you. I really think that it's going to be Spotlight, just because it has a lot going with it. Ensemble cast, check. Controversial story, check. Uh, Based on a true event, check. A journalistic viewpoint to it, check. So I think that one's going to be the one to win. I would like to see Brooklyn win, but as well, I have to give a shout out to Room, which I thought was fantastic. And the two actors in there, Brie Larson and Jacob Tremblay, were amazing. So either one of those would be great for me. (laughs) (laughs) And what about you, Eric? What, What do you think will win? And then what do you want to see win? You know, I'm going to pick option like B and C. Um, you know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be overly surprised if Spotlight won. But on the same time, I just from recent, you know, I hate to say the word momentum because the Oscars are dumb like that. But sorry, I, I, I'll take any moment to bash the Oscars I can. <laughs> but I think the big short in the Revenant seem to be very high contenders. And I'm not quite sure why. I mean, I liked the big short and i like the revenant more than you guys did but i don't think either of them are the best films in fact i think carol should have been nominated over the revenant i that bothers me that that film was not nominated agreed so so the one the film i i i want to win it's mad max (laughs) that's again i i think it's i think it's basically the perfect action film and the best since at the least die hard well for me I, for some reason, I some, my gut tells me that I feel like The Revenant's going to win because it feels like it's just so close to the Oscars. It's going to be fresh in everyone's mind. And it's it's got your white lead. It's got your Leonardo DiCaprio. It's got the kind of the man versus nature, the man versus man and the all that stuff. I don't know. It just it feels like serving it up for the Oscars committee. 
and again, Eric, I kind of agree with you. I don't know why it was nominated. It was not spectacular enough, in my opinion, to be nominated for Best Picture. There's other things that it was good at, like the, the composers, the music for it was interesting and I think worthy of nomination. But Best Picture, not so much. Essentially, it sounds like for like us, it seems like we want everything but the red <laughs> to win. Pretty much. <laughs> Please yeah. don't win. But I have a feeling it just might pull it off. I have a feeling that Leo's going to win for after. Iñárritu's going to win for, finally. Iñárritu's going to win for director, but I don't think it's going to win Best Picture. Oh, you think they're going to split the vote like the, like they've done before? Well, one guy will get the director and the other guy will get like the, uh, the Best Picture like they yes, did with Gravity? Yes, exactly. Oh, well, who knows? This could be Leo's year at last. Although, you know, I, I still would laugh if he never wins an Oscar and then somebody does a biopic of him in the future and then the actor who plays, you know, DiCaprio wins an Oscar. How ironic <laughs> would that be? Hey, that could still happen with uh, Peter O'Toole. Although personally, I think it would be more fitting if DiCaprio won his first Oscar playing Peter O'Toole, <laughs> uh, the Oscar's most famous loser. Mm-hmm. That would be that would be something. Yeah, I'm, I have a feeling that he is going to win, though. And I have a feeling that it's going to be like some of those other actors who win for a movie that's not so great, but because they lost for a movie that they should have won for, they're giving it to them mm. now. The apology. The yes. pity Oscar. Here you go. You finally won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Sean Connery. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, as far as the witch film I would love to see win, in case you can't tell, it's Brooklyn. Out of all the Oscar nominations for Best Picture that I've seen thus far, this one has ranked as my absolute favorite just because it is soft and subtle and nuanced, what solid good acting should be. And also just great direction. Like you said, Eric, great script. All the pieces came together to make this just very strong film. You know, and again, it's not those usual type of Oscar films that we would see but really if the Oscars were any indication of a good film in truth Brooklyn should win and that's all I have to say about that <laughs> <laughs> all right you're get off your soapbox okay I'm now. stepping down I'm stepping down yeah be careful the vertigo you got there <sighs> it's, it's you know it's hard to breathe up there but uh, it's okay <laughs> well that's it for this episode. We definitely don't want to know what films you guys liked uh, from this year's Oscar lineup and who you think should win. Send us your predictions on Facebook at facebook.com slash popcornfanfilmreviews or on Twitter at popcornfans. And you can also check out our additional reviews and interviews on our website at popcornfanfilmreviews.weebly.com. And as always, thanks to both of you for joining me in this awesome conversation. Thanks for having me. Just And also just want to give one last little quick shout out, if I can, to one of the best short films, the animated short, World of Tomorrow, which is utterly brilliant. And you can watch it. I think it's still on Netflix, so check it out if you can. Uh-huh. Ooh, I'm going to have to do that. Adding it to my list right now. <laughs> yeah. It's 16 minutes, and it's funny and tragic at the same time, and very weird. Those are all the things I need. (laughs) Uh, And I'm here all the time, so you'll hear me next time. Absolutely. And to all of our listeners, thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.